Welcome back to the Ground Zero Fitness Podcast. This is episode number 11. With New Year's coming up, there's going to be a lot of New Year's resolutioners. And something that we figured would be good to talk about is gym etiquette 101. How to handle yourself in the gym um, and how to not be intimidated when you go into it. Um, So Kyle, can you kind of talk about gym intimidation and how we can best avoid being intimidated with all those big meatheads walking around? (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, when I first went into the gym, I think I was also a little intimidated, not because of the exercises, because I already knew what I was doing, but just because of the people that are there. And you go in a situation where you're working out on your own, doing body weight stuff at home, to then coming into a new environment, which is very relevant, very much like the zoo. Like, <laughs> you've got all sorts <laughs> of animals in there where you got guys deadlifting like 600 pounds, and then you've got like the gym bros doing bicep curls, and then you got like girls doing squats and hip thrusts, and then you'll get your girls on the cardio machines, the guys on the cardio machines. It's like there's so many breeds in the gym. I think that's the biggest. Thing and about. <laughs> so many, so many distractions, you know, so. Yeah, there's so many things going on in the gym. And once you get in there, you're just completely overwhelmed by the amount of people there are and what everyone is doing. Um, the biggest thing is kind of just to realize that people don't actually care about what you're doing. Um, one thing is for the people who are actually wanting to improve in the gym, at least from my perspective, I'm only focused on how much weight I can push that day. I'm not busy judging what the guy beside me is doing. Like, I'm not going to laugh at a guy because he decided to will up the effort to go into the gym and get started at whatever level he's at. If anything, I praise that because the amount of, the amount of courage it takes to get in the gym is a huge first step. And then to be able to do the right things, do the compound movements, that's an that's an even bigger bonus. So if you're new to the gym, at least from my perspective, don't be scared because people don't really care about what you're doing. Nobody's making fun of you. If they do, they're probably losers anyways. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to quote uh, Kyle himself from one of our earlier episodes. Nobody really gives a flying crap what you're doing because they're so focused on their gains and that's incredibly true and you know there's there's absolutely zero reason for anybody like you said to be judging you and if they are then they're an asshole and you shouldn't be thinking about them at all yep you know um and People are, because heavy weights are getting slammed around and because other people in the gym are, you know, dressed in gym clothes and look like they know what they're doing, you know, it's, it's easy to be pretty intimidated by that. But all of those people, if they've built the discipline and to get in shape, to be able to do all those things, more often than, they, than not, they are in incredibly supportive of new beginners yeah agreed and that's a really big thing to keep into perspective when you walk into the gym for the first time is they're not judging you a lot of them are like hey look at that 
new person in the gym, they're getting after it, and they respect it. And I think that's usually what the attitude is for the most part. Yeah, I'd like to say that. And I started my lifting career in university, so that's probably the wildest place you can start. And even then, as a beginner, um, I found it that the biggest guys were usually the nicest. Uh, you may yeah. you may think they're very intimidating and very scary because of how big they look, but they tend to be the nicest. And they'll they'll ask if you need a spot. They'll offer you for any any advice on form checks or whatnot. And it's like, why not take that? That's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. There's at at a gym I at the gym I work at here. Um, there's a pair of just ginormous dudes. I think they're probably into powerlifting and compete and i think both of them are actually police officers in town and they're just huge human beings we're talking six three you know probably close to 270 275 300 and when you when you want to talk to them you're expecting like a big deep voice and kind of like a judgmental (laughs) thing but then it's just like you're like, how's it going? And they're like, oh, yeah, doing really good. How are you? And they're all worried about, you know, what you're doing in the gym, what muscles you're hitting that day, or what are you working on? They're not they're not judging anybody. They just love being in there. And I think that's the case for a lot of those big meathead-looking guys is, like, they love being in there, and they love supporting anybody who wants to do it. Yeah, and I know, I know both you and I are the type of people who we, we love it when beginners are in the gym, at least – I know I love watching a new beginner just get into the gym for the first time because you know they're lost, you know they're confused, but it's like I applaud you, man. Like I congratulate you for getting your ass in the gym when it's so difficult to do and whatever you need help with, dude, I'm I'm willing to help out just because I know how hard that process was for me and if you can make a beginner's life easier, then like I'm through the moon if if they take up any advice that I gave them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how do you feel? I wish when I first started going to the gym, one of those guys would have kind of taken me under their wing. You know what I'm saying? It would have it would have saved me from that flail zone quite a yep. bit. You know, I don't know if you have ever thought about that. Yeah, no, I definitely have because, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, you don't you don't know if you're doing things right. And I know at least for the longest time I was too intimidated to record myself just because like you don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, this guy, look at this guy. He's, he's taking a video of himself at the gym. What a, what a loser. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's just flexing on Instagram. But no, the case is I'm just trying to check my form out and see if it can get better. But you're right about that. Like if I, if I met someone the first three months I started lifting, it would have made everything so much easier. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. Another thing I think people get a little worried about is just the amount of people that are in the gym during the popular times. Um, and when you're a beginner in there, you know, regardless of what we're telling you here, there's going to be a little intimidation. So how can we avoid that um, by avoiding the gym rush? Is what I would mm-hmm. assume. Now, by the gym rush, we mean the 6 a.m. to 7.30 or 8 o'clock crowd before work, that's a pretty busy time in most commercial gyms. There will be another one 
from 11 to one, rush from about 11 to one o'clock for that lunch crowd. And then it's usually a ginormous zoo in every commercial gym <laughs> from about five o'clock until nine or 10 o'clock. <laughs> so if you're a beginner, you're, you know, you're going to be intimidated. It's pretty wise to avoid those times just for, just so you can get into the swing of things, have access to all the equipment you need in case you need to take extra time, that kind of thing. Yeah, I found weekends like 10 a.m., 10 a.m., 11. Those are really quiet hours. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get close to lunchtime, like 12 p.m., you'll you'll see a big rush, um, at least in university. I really liked working out at 7, 7.30 it was usually quiet. I guess university students—they're not the rise and grind type, you know. Like everyone's, yeah. everyone's too lazy to work out at seven in the morning. But that was a really good time for me, just because nobody was there. And if they were there, those are the the people who are committed and dedicated to their craft, and they're there every single morning. Or the mornings I'm there usually, which is four days a week: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I really like that time. Another time is that 10 a.m. Obviously. Um, yeah, I think those two are the best times, in my opinion. What about you, Sam? I think another low-key best time is any Friday night at any commercial gym that anywhere. Makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Because all of the bozos that are in there that aren't taking it serious are not going to be in there on Friday night because they think they have better things to do, like going and partying going and hitting the bars and that kind of thing. So Monday through Thursday in the evening is usually pretty busy. But in my experience in the commercial gyms I've been in, Friday night there is only the few dedicated souls in there that you probably want to be around anyway. Yep. So if you're thinking of having your first training session and you don't want to wake up in the morning, starting on a Friday night is a pretty good time to start. What time do you do you like on Monday to Thursdays? Monday through Thursday, preferably you could get in at one of those more quiet times, like, you know, around 10 o'clock but, or in the afternoon. But if you're a working nine to fiver, then you're just going to have to deal with the fact that there's people there. Yep. And then it's just up to you to decide what's going to be more effective, what's going to fit my plan better. Should I work out in the morning? Should I work out at lunch? Should I work out in the afternoon, in the evening? It's just kind of up to you and when you're going to feel like you can perform best and get your best workout in. Honestly, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the morning crowd. Um, just because those, I'm not saying they're more dedicated than the f- 5 p.m. guys, but it really does seem like the ones that wake up earlier in the morning are the ones who are, who are more dedicated to their craft in terms of waking up early, getting their day started and getting started like with, with a win right off the books. So I, I really yeah. like the morning crowd. Um, I find it that the morning crowd is usually, um, they're not as intimidating in terms of their physiques. <laughs> they're not in- as yeah. <laughs> intimidating in the morning as they are at 5 PM, like 5 PM, 6 PM, you get all of the big guys, but at, earlier in the morning, I don't see as many of them. Yeah. You know, and from what I've seen, a lot of older folks are the ones that hang out in the gym in the morning yeah you know yeah. so the, the that older population that is super nice super respectful and probably is actually spending time on the cardio equipment and the machines 
Yep. There's less people in the weightlifting equipment. That's for sure. At most commercial gyms in the morning. You know, it's those old ladies hitting the leg extension machine and that kind of stuff when they really should be lifting a barbell. But <laughs> that's a t- that's a discussion for another time. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I'm a bigger fan of the morning rush. So when you go to the gym, we had a little bit of a, not a disagreement, but a little bit of a difference here. What do you wear to the gym? Do you want my, what I wear to the gym? Yep. Normally, since I squat and do stuff like that and deadlift and bench and that kind of thing, I wear a pretty non-slippery shirt. So I try to go cotton mainly because I want the bar secure on my back, not sliding around on a slick shirt or not sliding around on my sweaty skin like some people I know that squat shirtless <laughs> and shoeless like my co-host here. The, the best way to do it. If you have your own gym, please Some, don't do this at a commercial gym. Yeah, something like that. Don't don't be <laughs> don't go shirtless and barefoot in the squat rack at a commercial gym. You might get yelled at for that. <laughs> but so normally a cotton cotton tee or something that's not too slippery, athletic shorts, and I use lifting shoes the ones with the straps and the solid platform uh, for squats and that kind of stuff. And then just a a normal pair of, you know, like a CrossFit style shoe. Um, I also do a lot of my lower lower body workouts that isn't heavy squats or deadlifts in a barefoot shoe uh, just to get a bunch of connection to the ground and connection to what I'm doing. Um, So that's, that's it for the clothing. What about you? And... I encourage my clients who are deadlifting multiple days a week to wear sweats when they're deadlifting, just so when they're dragging that bar up their shins, they're not complaining about it getting scraped up. Um, I know Kyle's not a sweat guy, sweat pant guy over here. It's yeah, so. it's it's weird for me. Uh, we were just having a discussion earlier, but on upper body days I'll wear sweatpants because you're not really doing anything with your legs on those days whereas on lower body days I'll wear shorts because you're doing squats and you're doing deadlifts where where I feel when you wear sweatpants your range of mo- your range of motion on the squat what may happen when you're wearing tight sweatpants is you can't hit depth as well because your pants are just stretching to the <laughs> to the max so on squat days, I like to wear shorts. Um, deadlift days, I, I don't know. Funnily enough, I think I used to wear sweatpants to deadlift. But over the years, I just stopped caring so much about the shin scrapes and just manned up and started wearing some shorts. Yeah, something like that. At this point now, it's just knee, knee sleeves rolled down on my shins, and I, I don't really like I don't like lower body stuff in sweats either. Just for that reason, is it's a pain in the butt. You gotta you have to pull them all the way up into your crotch if you're gonna squat with them yep. to make it so they're not pulling on you. So you might as well just wear shorts. Yeah, but, exactly. And then as for women, like we discussed before, ninety nine percent of you women out there are gonna be wearing leggings. And it's not really that much of a discussion at that point. I would like to talk footwear, though. Mm. I know uh, a good tweet by our 
guest Francis a couple episodes ago was stop wearing running shoes when you're squatting and deadlifting. Good call. Don't be an idiot. You know, so that's a that's a pretty big one. Other than that, I I highly encourage a CrossFit style shoe with a fairly hard, firm sole, um, just so you're not squishing around in a nasty running shoe. You know, and a lot of gyms aren't gonna allow barefoot like a lot of people on Twitter encourage. So, yeah, a big thing is on leg on lower body days. I like wearing chucks. Any pair of flat footed shoe you can get. Because what happens with a running shoe is running shoes actually have a curve. So they're, they're made for running, essentially. So it's easier to run in a running shoe because the heel or the, the whole sole is not flat. It's curved to make sure that you can kind of roll on your foot effectively while you're running. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're trying to squat, you want your foot as flat to the ground as possible. Because what happens when you squat with running shoes is your heels will come up like crazy because they're already curved where the heel is kind of sticking out and it's not flat to the ground. And your squat will be severely... Mm -hmm. The the form's just going to be completely off. So don't bother squatting with running shoes. Try to find a flat pair of shoes if possible. Yep. Either a flat pair of shoes or a dedicated pair of, like, lifting shoes. Yep. That have the strap on there. The heel will be a little bit elevated, and those are good for, really good for squats. So, um, another thing is we can't just walk into the gym empty-handed. There's uh, quite a few essentials that you need. So, what's, what's what do you carry in your gym bag, Kyle? I like I like carrying a string bag to the gym just because you you have quite a few things that you have to take with you if you're dedicated I guess whether it be a notebook um, I at least carry straps and a belt obviously the water bottle um, if you like chalk that's more of a hardcore thing and yeah a notebook no, obviously it's not. To <laughs> a notebook is obviously good because you can track your lifts um, how you're doing for the day and yeah that's what i usually bring to the gym yeah i'm trying to think of my gym bag here lifting shoes leather belt for the heavy lifts wrist wraps wrist straps let's see um chalk i uh, a lot of commercial gyms don't allow chalk and that's where the liquid chalk comes in, where you can just kind of squirt some on your hands a little bit. If you are getting into lifting and you're at a commercial gym and they have a no chalk sign, get on Amazon and order some lifting chalk. That would be ideal. That way you're not making a mess and it's pretty discreet because in my opinion, it is incredibly unsafe to lift without chalk or liquid chalk. Why would you want to lift with slippery hands? or whatever. And I think that's more of a liability thing for commercial gyms, in my opinion, than them having to have one of their employees go around and vacuum every now and again, <laughs> which is what the main problem is with chalk at a gym. So yeah, I really I think that's about, yeah, I really like the chalk because 
at least when you're doing a lift like a deadlift, you don't want the first thing to be giving out is your grip strength. You're, nope. the, the thing that you should be working on is obviously your lower back, your hamstring, your whole posterior chain. But if you're giving out on your, on your grip strength first, then you can't even perform the lift. So by carrying chalk around or straps, then you're pretty much combating that issue. And sorry for cutting you off, yep. but what were you going to say, Sam? No, you you covered it, man. That's it. All right, so, so perfect. So essentially, we're on the same page here, where we we bring we bring wrist straps, wrist wraps, belts, um, a notebook is optional. I like I like tracking on my phone. Um, water bottle, obviously. Um, chalk. Yep. What are your thoughts on gloves? Chalk. <laughs> what about you don't need gloves and if you need to wear gloves then make sure you have a matching purse oh calling out all the people there i like it so that's my opinion on gloves you don't need gloves why would you put something between it's gloves are the running shoes are the same thing as running shoes yep you're putting something foreign in between where you're applying force into the barbell or the dumbbell you're lifting something that's going to allow the weight to slip around and potentially fall on your face. Yeah, so yeah. that's what, that's my opinion on that. Make sure you have direct contact with whatever you're lifting. Yeah. Which, what unless you you're said, strapped up, obviously what you said there about slipping is, is very true because when you're wearing gloves, they're not actually, most gloves are not, the, the grip isn't great. So when you're holding a barbell, the chances of a bar slipping out of your hand when you're using a barbell is much higher. So you're you're trying to protect your hands. Like I get the case where you're trying to protect your hands and make it all beautiful as possible. No, 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 nothing on your hands. No calluses. No nothing. But it's not as safe when you're doing like a barbell row. You're doing deadlifts, uh, even lat pull downs. Um, I just I just don't think gloves are really worth it the no the pros the pros do not outweigh the cons at all for using gloves now and like think about tipping back sitting back on a bench doing dumbbell bench presses oh yeah you know and you have something slippery between you and what you're holding out over your chest and face you know it's just there's that fiber in there i don't i don't like it don't yep. wear gloves if you want to wear gloves then I don't know, go join a planet fitness or something. I, I don't, whatever. So no, yeah. I, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. Just like gloves are not beneficial and your chances of injury go up like tenfold. So it's not worth it. Boom. <laughs> okay. Another question. How do you ask people for help at the gym? That is a pretty tricky one because you want to be very, very careful with who you're asking for help because you never know who's going to mislead you. And the thing of it is, is 99% of people in the gym are not going to try to mislead you. They just may not be in a situation where they can give advice that is going to actually help you. So... And this actually goes for the people that are walking around with the trainer shirts on, in my opinion. I would highly suggest really watching how people lift, 
and if they're helping anybody else, how they interact with their training partner. Um, and then if you're looking to get a trainer, watch how they interact with the people they're training. Are they 100% focused in? Can you see that you know what they're cueing is actually making changes for those lifters, how they're teaching it? Can they communicate effectively? Um, you know, so there's a lot of questions there when you uh, when you're thinking about asking for advice, in my opinion. Um, so really just be careful with who you're asking and, um, yeah. What about you, man? Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent with that where if you ask somebody a question, most of the time you may be misinformed just because they are misinformed. That that's a very key thing that most people don't probably realize is that your average gym bro is just as misinformed as you are and the reason for that is because they'll probably watch a youtube video or follow some guide and either misinterpret it or just the youtubers flat out wrong so when you're looking for advice the best thing you can do is probably look around as sam said look at how how trainers train their clients um if you see two people working out in their workout buddies or their workout partners see who's the one that's leading the exercise um the one that usually when it comes to workout partners one guy is usually the one doing all the researching and the other guy is just following along so when you're looking at a, a pair of people working out together look for the guy who who is leading those exercises and calling out his workout partner on form or or whatnot I think that's a great way to start out. Um, Also, another thing is don't be scared to ask other people because most people find it as a compliment when you ask them for help. So don't don't think like, oh, I'm bothering this guy's workout. Make sure, obviously, that they're not in the middle of their set. But if they're in the rest period, then just ask, hey, can you can you probably spot me or something? Can you help me out real quick? Just, just ask them a quick question that's not going to bother them and not going to take them off completely from their from their exercise. Yeah, that's almost instead of walking up and blatantly asking them for like, hey, how does my squat look? Ask them to spot you or ask them to use your phone to video you. Be like, hey, I'm wanting to make sure my squat form's good. Can you video it for me? And then see what kind of feedback they give you. You know yep. what I'm saying? Because if it's like, if you're asking somebody to do a, to record your squat and then they're like, yeah, man, you need to look up to go up and, you know, all the other silly squat cues that you see that are incorrect, then you're like, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, so you can kind of vet people that way and then slowly get a little bit more in depth with them as you see them in the gym more and build a relationship. But like, I'd be... I have a really hard time suggesting anybody to just walk up to some random gym bro or some random gym chick and ask them something like that. And same goes with walking up and asking somebody for nutritional advice. (laughs) Just because they look a certain way doesn't mean they know how to give somebody like you nutritional advice. So just be very careful 
but know that if you do ask people, they're going to be responsive to it and they're going to take it as a big compliment. Like whenever somebody walks up to me in the gym and asks me something, I'm always like, heck yeah. And I'm right into it, you know, so nobody's going to be annoyed. It's just whether or not you're going to get some quality info is a very big question. I like, I like what you said about asking, Hey, can you spot me? Or Hey, can you record my video? Instead of blatantly asking, Hey, can you check my squat form? Because those are very different questions in the way that if you ask them, Hey, how does my, Hey, do I need to change anything in my squat form? They may be inclined to answer just because you ask them, does anything need to be changed? Like, even if nothing needs to be changed and you ask them that question, they may think that, oh, this guy, this guy wants me to, to change one thing about his squat. So let me just give him one piece of advice. And it could be blatantly wrong, but with the way you ask the question, he may have interpreted it in the way that your squat form is off and needs to be fixed. Whereas if you yep. ask him, hey, can you spot me? Or hey, can you record my squat? He he won't be inclined to be like, hey, you need to fix this about your squat. He could give you the advice. But what could happen is you take that advice. Obviously, you don't use it. But you go back home. You Google, how how should I squat? And see if his information, see if his advice actually does align with what experts say. Not just taking it for what it is and, and implementing the advice immediately. Take it for what he says and... Google the information, see if it's right. If it's right and he actually has, he or she has valid input, then then you know this guy's this guy or girl is a trustworthy person. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Let's see what's next here. Talk a little bit about how to use the equipment, how to seamlessly work from one exercise to the next. That often causes a lot of problems in the gym with people doing huge supersets of like six different exercises and hogging them all and sweating all over all of them and people are trying to work in what are a few suggestions that you have for people like that so the seamlessly work from one exercise to another is a difficult one i can't lie especially during a gym rush where let's say you just did squats and then you're trying to do leg presses afterwards sometimes the squat bar or the squat rack may be good, but right after you complete squats, the leg press machine may be may, may, may be occupied. So what what do you do in that in that period of time? So here's what I like to do. Usually I'll ask them like, hey, how many sets do you have? Or hey, can I work in? Um, working in essentially means during the person's rest period, you put your weight on and you do your set while the other person's resting and then vice versa. Um, that's that's the first thing I like to ask. And if they're like, oh no, um, I got like six more sets, then, then fine. Um, a backup plan I like to do is move on to the next exercise and then go back to the leg presses after, um, just because you may be running low on time, whatever. So the first thing is obviously ask them, hey, can I work in? If they say no, then you move on. If they say yes, then you're in luck. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think it, the working in thing kind of depends on the situation. If you've got some big bro in there 
squatting really heavy and you can tell he's a serious lifter don't go walk up to that guy and be like hey can i work in which is going to require you stripping off three plates on either side that's that's so very you true. can get your work set. you know so like squat racks and benches and deadlift platforms you don't work in i think you're gonna you either have to wait or preferably you go find a gym that has a bunch of squat racks and a bunch of deadlift platforms so that's less of a problem a lot of commercial gyms they have all sorts of bs and one squat rack that everybody fights over (laughs) so um on those big exercises i wouldn't really ever ask anybody to work in just because it's a pretty big pain for somebody to strip a bunch of weight readjust the rack or the pins on the bench to the height that's going to work for you and readjust the safeties and everything that's just too big of a pain but you know on exercises like cables and on dumbbells that kind of thing and machines it's really easy to work in um, as long as one person isn't really monopolizing it over the other yeah thanks for bringing that up because that's one thing i didn't clarify for your for your first compound movement wait wait for those like don't don't yeah. bother the guy doing the bench press or doing his squats wait for the equipment that you need because it is annoying to work in for those exercises unless unless the weight is literally the same like you can see the other person lifts exactly the same as what you do and that that'd be fine but most of the time like let's say squats the pins are at a place where it's perfectly for that person's height and if you're shorter or taller then you have to always readjust the pins and based on your strength you have to remove or add plates and it's just there's way too much hassle to work in on a main compound exercise like the bench or squat but what i was talking about working in it's perfect for accessory movements so your machines your cables um dumbbells work as well but aside from that don't ask anyone to work in for squats and bench press and especially not deadlifts. Yes, especially not deadlifts. Yep. All right. One question I want to bring up is how do you use the squat rack? I know it's a little general of a question, but how many uses this do does the squat rack have? And what can you do in it? How many uses does the squat rack have? It has a million uses, in my opinion. Like there's, there's so much you can do. But if you're going in there for the sole purpose of squatting, um, here's a couple, a couple things I suggest is in most commercial gyms, the squat rack is going to be, you know, kind of that cage for four corners to it. There's going to be safety pins in the middle, probably a pull-up bar of some kind on the top, and it's always going to be facing a mirror. <laughs> so here's what, I, here's what I suggest is set up the pins on the inside to your height, and that's usually around chest level, like mm, just above the nipple level. So find whatever number that is on the squat rack and put those pins in right there. And then there's going to be safety pins down there too on most squat racks. Always, even if you have a spotter, set those up at a point where there's going to be a few inches, you know, like 
five, six, seven inches of play to your bottom depth. Yep. So you're not going to be racking one side on it when you hit the bottom of a squat and stand back up. Set them low enough that you can, if you get buried, you can safely set them down on the rack, but not so high that you're going to be tapping it or not being able to get to depth there. Um, and always set those pins so you're not facing the mirror. I do not, in my opinion, you shouldn't be looking at the <laughs> mirror when you're squatting because then your head position is off and you're looking at a moving target on there. Um, that's easier said than done for somebody who's ex- experienced in squatting and doesn't want to watch themselves or video themselves. But I always face out so you can look down at the floor or find a focal point out there that's not yourself moving around. Because as soon as you start looking around, your body goes where your head goes. You know, that's so true. I always suggest not looking at the mirror. Yeah, I like I like the tip you mentioned about putting the racks and the safety pins at the right place. One thing I like to do with the safety pins is before I even put the safety pins on, I'll just unrack the the barbell as if I'm squatting and squat to depth. And then once I squat to depth, I kind of look at where the pins need to be and I'll put it one level lower than my depth. So if if I'm squatting and it's like like let's say it's at a level three, then I'll put the pin, the safety pins at level two, just so, yeah. just so if I fail, I know I can just put it down. But if I squat, I'm not touching or I'm not clanking around on the safety pins as I'm hitting depth. Yep. And as you get more experience, you get a really good feel for that. You know, if you're in different gyms or even in the gym, there's going to be different styles of squat racks. You'll kind of just get a feel for what the proper height is for everything. And then you just kind of naturally do it. So you don't have to think about it too hard. Yeah. But when you're first starting, make sure that, you know, you know where they need to be and know that it's not going to hinder you, but it's also there for safety. A um, big thing. One thing. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You go ahead. You go ahead. One thing I wanted to mention is how to properly load and unload plates on the bar i see this all the time people will load on three 45 pound plates on either side and then they'll strip all three of them off of one side and have you ever heard of gravity (laughs) that's going to make that barbell basically fall and go flying so when you load on always load the bar evenly Put a 45 on one side, walk around to the other side, grab the other 45, put it on the barbell, put the second one on, walk around to the other side, put the second one on that way, and always alternate and do the same thing on the way when you're taking the weights off. That is drastically important because the last thing you want to do is pull off all the weights on one side and have that barbell go swinging over and kill the guy that's doing the deadlifts (laughs) on the deadlift platform by it. Anybody who's been in a gym long enough will have seen this happen, and there is zero excuse for it. Yes, one that kills is so me true. every time. I can't remember. I there's I can remember multiple times where I've seen it happening in the gym, and I've ran over and grabbed a hold of the barbell to stop it, and then have to lecture people on that. Yep. Yeah, but if you don't know, you don't know. 
Yep, that's very true. But if you've listened to this podcast, you know, and you shouldn't make that mistake. 100%. So, And I would like to also bring up the metal 45-pound plate thing and which direction they're supposed to face on the bar and which direction they're supposed to face on the rack. A standard 45-pound iron weight plate, it'll probably say York or it'll probably say Standard. On the rack that they're sitting in, not on the barbell, those plates need to face out. So you can grab a hold of it with one hand and slide it off the rack, pick it up and grab it with two hands, and then put it onto the barbell with the logos facing in. Always have those logos facing in. And then when you go to take it off, you can slide it off with two hands lower it down, and then put it back on the rack facing the outside with one hand. Gym etiquette. Anybody from Iron Valley Barbell that's listening to this will disagree with me. But that's a fight for another day also. Gym etiquette 101 with Sam Strength. Sam K Strength. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really liked what you said there. One big thing is the weights thing. Please don't ever load too many plates on one side without worrying about the other because then you're going to have a situation where the center of center of gravity is completely on the wrong side and then you have the barbell flipping over your head or hitting somebody. Um, another thing I wanted to add was Sam mentioned earlier about the height where the barbell should be when you're squatting, like where you should put your pins. Um, one key thing I like to do is make sure that my knees can bend just slightly. So I'll, I'll have a slight bend in my knee. So then I know all I need to do to unrack the bar is slightly unbend my knee and just walk it out. But if you put it too high, you don't want to be on your tippy toes unracking the barbell. And if you put it too low, then you don't want it. You you don't want to squat it out. So you have to put it at a perfect height where essentially you can unrack the barbell without having to stress too much on taking it out. Yes, and you know some some racks have bigger spaces between where the pins go than others. And that's going to make it so there's going to be bigger gaps, so it's harder to get to the perfect height as compared to some racks where those pins are literally like an inch from yeah. each other. And I would just suggest always err on the side of being too low, not too high. You know, just because yep. if if it's too high and you just got done with a heavy set of squats and you're tired, it's pretty hard to stand up on your tiptoes and put yep. it into the rack. How many times do you see that in the gym? Somebody slide one up on one side and then the other side <laughs> drips down because it was too high. You see that occasionally. So just err on the side of it being too short if the spaces are really big. Great advice. Yeah. Um, the bench, we don't really have to cover, to be honest. I think the bench is pretty self-explanatory with how it's set up. The pins are just automatically there. You don't really change anything up. Um, one big thing, though, is dumbbells. And dumbbells when you're using a flat bench or a bench in general. How do you unrack the bar, the dumbbells from a dumbbell rack? Um, and how do you... 
how do you start using the dumbbells if you're going to do something like a flat chest press or shoulder press? Yeah. So step one is it, the, the dumbbell racks are usually pretty long and there's multiple benches. And I would like to say a lot of the, a lot of them have a top rack where it goes from like 10 pounds to 50 and then it goes all the way to the other side and it's 60 up to a hundred plus find a bench and put it near the weight that you're going to be using the last thing you want to do is be grabbing the hundos and then walking <laughs> all the way to the other side with the hundos to the other bench down there i'd highly suggest putting the bench close to where you're going to use it that way it's nice and safe you don't have to walk with them very far yeah that kind of thing um and then if you're going to dumbbell bench press pick up your weights walk over sit down and rest them on your legs now i do kind of a double kickback when i lay back if you're following me when you lay back have them on your thighs kind of towards your knees and then you lay back and you kick one up at a time yep till it's right there um and into the proper position and -hmm. then the same and then it's the reverse don't drop the dumbbells unless you get absolutely buried in my opinion lower them back in the same way get them moving bring your knees up touch them on the knees and then sit back up and walk away do you have a different technique or what do you think yep one knee at a time um yep one thing I like to do is when I take it, when I take the dumbbells off the rack, off, off the dumbbell rack, I won't actually go right into my set. So I'll I'll put the dumbbells by my my bench first, and then I'll pick it up separately. So the way you pick it up is one at a time. I'll usually pick up the right one first, right one up, and what you do is you pick up the right one, you put it on your lap, and you rest it there. Then you grab it, grab onto this on the one on your left hand side, and then you you put that on your lap, and then from there, that's when you do the kickback thing that Sam's talking about, where you kick back one leg at a time, to get the right to to get the dumbbell in the right position you need it to be, and if you need to bail on dumbbells, um. I, I suggest rolling them forward, so throwing them forward instead of throwing them back. I like doing it forward because what you can do is raise your feet up and <laughs> make sure you don't crush your toes, but also when you're dropping them down, you can let go completely. I don't like ro- I don't like failing and rolling them back because as you roll them back, you might <laughs> you might flip over with the dumbbells. So I like I yeah. like throwing them front if I do fail. Yeah, definitely, definitely go forward with them because, like Kyle said, you could flip over because you hang on to them for too long. You could hurt your shoulder going back, and you can hit your face yep. with the dumbbell going backwards. So if you're gonna fail, fail forward for sure. Yeah, uh, I would I would almost argue that dumbbells are more of a safety hazard than the barbell and the squat rack. Oh, Just yeah. for that reason, those, you know, a little bit more free and the, you, know, you don't have nearly as much control because it's just one hand. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. One question I want to move on to, which is quite important, especially with COVID around right now, is how do you take care of your equipment after you're done with it? 
right now, it's probably pretty easy because if you're not spraying down your equipment and using towels or the wipes, then you're probably not going to hang around in the gym for very long because they'll kick you out, yeah. you know. So always, this is COVID or not COVID. Always wipe down your equipment. Do not leave that nasty head sweat puddle on the bench. The worst. Wipe it down with the disinfectant wipes. Spray it down, whatever they have. The same thing with the barbell. Whatever you have on your grubby hands, and I, my grubby hands too, and Kyle's grubby hands, wipe down that barbell. You probably got a bunch of chalk all over it, and chalk isn't always the nicest to barbells if it's caked on there for a really long time. And not to mention the moisture from your hands on the Ugh. iron. You know, if people are getting a bunch of moisture on those, you know, the barbells, the metal, if it's not stainless steel, then that's how barbells rust and how they start to decay. And the more equipment your gym has to replace, the higher your fees are going to be. So um, suggest wiping it down with a disinfectant, that kind of thing. Um, because the oils and the moisture in your hands can really cause damage to the barbell. So make sure that you're wiping everything you touch down COVID or not. You should be doing that. Exactly. And most gyms or all gyms have little stations where you'll find, where you'll find paper towels and alcohol wipes. So don't worry about where you can find them because most gyms have multiple stations where you can find them. Just anywhere yep. where you can find a paper towel machine, you'll find alcohol wipes along with it. So it's everywhere. Yep. It's everywhere around the gym. And especially now, it's all over. Oh, yeah, especially now. You know, there's there's more disinfectant bottles than there are people in the gym at this point with COVID going on. So, <laughs> yeah, always wipe your stuff down. All right, we have pretty much four or five big points and we're running a little bit short on time but we'll we'll go over the ones quickly and and see what we can get through so one thing deadlift etiquette whenever you deadlift you don't want to drop the bar down too hard what what are your thoughts on that how do you put down a heavy set of deadlifts the thing about the deadlift is when you pick it up and you lock it out the exercise is only half over in my opinion Yep. So pick it up. If you're able to pick it up, you should be able to, for the most part, unless you're lifting a lot of weight, you should be able and you should focus on controlling it on the way down. Once you get to a point where you're a pretty serious lifter, um, it gets a lot harder to control once it gets past the knee, in which case you just have to do your best to guide it down. I'm thinking for all the people, once you get to you know, once you're one of those lifters that's up four, five, six hundred, those guys usually, for the most part, once it gets past the knee, it's a controlled drop. But if you're working in the lower range or doing a beginner program, focus just as much on that eccentric lowering portion of the deadlift as you possibly can, just because of that is going to go a long way towards your strength down the line builds your deadlift too so if yep. your deadlifts are weak then putting it down slowly focusing on the eccentric is very important yep um all right how do you spot people properly 
I think the big one here is the bench press. Um, for the most part, squatting, it's just less common. But for the bench, what I like to see is, first off, if you're a lifter and you have a spotter, always tell them don't touch the bar unless the bar's moving downward. But always help the person re-rack it. I mean, unrack the bar from the pins if they ask when they're getting ready. So help them pick it up off the off the pins, go out till it's over their shoulder joint or their chest, and then let go and take a step back. I hope everybody heard me take a step back. And then let them start doing their set and only offer assistance if the barbell stops and starts going back down, which is when they have failed. That's when you step back up, get your hands under it, one hand underhand, one hand overhand. Don't be the guy grabbing it with one hand in the middle. Two hands, one overhand, one underhand, and help them up. Um, because if the spotter touches the bar when they're when the bar is stopped, don't just put your fingers on it and help them up. Like, they failed. That's not a thing. And that rep doesn't count. Just help them off. So that's that's kind of how you spot the deadlift, uh, spot the bench. Any other things I'm missing there? Nope. Uh, that's the exact same thing I do. I don't touch the weight until I literally see it drop. And then at that point, I help them 100% of the way. There's no way they're going to get it up, even if you touch it slightly. No, you just lift it up. Try to rip it up as fast as you can and yep. put it back on the rack. Get it off their chest because, you know, th there's no sense in doing it with assistance. Help them off. That way they can save the energy that they would have burned for you doing, giving them a little bit of help on to the next set or the next exercise or whatever. Don't burn them out. So that's kind of my opinion. If the spotter has to touch the bar on the way up, then the rep doesn't count. Exactly. Bro rules. That's how it works. Yep. Next question. How do you ask for a form check? I, I, we kind of went over this a little bit. Um, yeah. You want to go over it again real quickly? I would err on the side of don't blatantly ask somebody for a form check in the gym because most of them are going to mislead you not on purpose it's just they don't know what they're looking at in my opinion um, but if you want to ask somebody to video your lift if you don't want to be the guy like me who carries around a tripod um, that's just fine um, unless they've unless they've developed a relationship with you where you know that they know what they're talking about and you know they know what they're looking at so vet the person that's that you would be asking for a form check yep agreed next question where do you do calisthenics in the gym i'm not much for calisthenics so i'm gonna let you answer this one all right so let's say you're doing an ab exercise or at least for for my programs i've got some push-ups and pull-ups supersetted that's a little different but most of the time um I go into the yoga room or I, I think it's called the yoga mm -hmm. room or wherever they, they have a room where they usually do like dancing or whatever, wherever they have classes, those rooms are perfect because they usually have mats in them as well. Um, and med balls, 
So if you're doing like an ab exercise or you're doing like a Russian twists, then that room is perfect because you put the mat down and then you can grab a med ball and they usually have light dumbbells as well. So yoga rooms are the best places to have them. Yep. At least in most commercial gyms. And most commercial gyms have them anyways because they they have classes going on. Um, so that's the best place you can do some of your calisthenic stuff. Yep. Yep, I would I would avoid the the calisthenics, the abs, the push ups, that kind of thing around the squat racks, the dumbbells, the deadlift platforms, because yeah. the last thing you want to do is be doing crunches right next to some guy squatting in case he loses balance and the barbell falls, that kind of thing. So definitely definitely find a area somewhere in the gym where that's not going to happen. A lot of them have like a functional fitness area. Just about every single anytime fitness across the country has a functional fitness thing with a big sign and purple carpet, or purple turf. So I, I'm going to assume a lot of commercial gyms have something like that or a yoga room. Yeah, yep. that's for sure. Um, where do you leave your phone? Let's say, okay, we're going to do three different things. One, when you're in the squat rack, one, when you're doing dumbbells and one, when you're doing machines. Yeah. For squatting, I usually always am recording my phone. So whether it's on a bench or something, or like I said, I carry a tripod around. Uh, so that's not really an issue. Honestly, I don't. I haven't ever thought of that. Oh, okay. very much. So for a squat rack, where would you put your phone? I put it in the rack. So I put it at the very. Um, how do I describe this? It's like the very deepest part of the rack where nothing will touch it, anyways. Like in front of you. So if you're if you're facing the mirror, I put it as deep as possible in there. Sorry, Sam. Gotcha. I face the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it as deep as possible, and I'll have my string bag there, my belt, everything's there. Um, if I'm not recording, I usually... Uh, I'll record one set out of the four or five I'm doing. I won't record all four or five sets. When I'm at a commercial gym, when I'm at home, it's different. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, Kyle and I disagreed on where to put your phone when you're using dumbbells. If I'm doing dumbbell flat bench, then I actually put it in my pocket and then f- fold my pocket down so it can't slide out. I know Kyle puts it right under the bench is what he was saying. Yep, you know, I, so put kinda... it, I put it directly under the bench in an area where if dumbbells were to roll around, it won't smash your phone. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't like keeping it in my pocket because let's say you're doing a shoulder press or any any dumbbell press. When you have your phone in your pocket, I'm scared of crushing my phone screen when I put the dumbbells onto my lap. I just feel like it's a little too close for comfort. So I put it directly under the bench. Yep. Yep. Pretty. I know a lot of people just leave their phone in their gym bag. Yeah. Or in their locker to avoid that distraction. Um, mm-hmm. But for some people like myself, I like to record just to make sure I'm doing stuff right. So, yeah. And then what about when you're doing machines, accessories, cables, stuff like that? Kind of the same thing there. You know, if you're doing a lot of the machines, you I would either leave it in my pocket or in my gym bag. 
I'm not going to like carry it. I don't want to carry it and put it down under every, um, under every. Yeah. Machine, machine that you I'm using. At, yeah. 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 So kind of the same thing as the dumbbells, but yep. for the most part, when you're on to machine and accessory work, then the phone's not really getting used that much. So you might as well put it in your bag, wherever that is. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. One last thing. How do you deal with people who hog equipment? So when you've got a guy supersetting like three different exercises and you can see he's taking up three different set of dumbbells, you really need the one. What do you do? If you're new to the gym and you know and you don't know the guy, that's where you could do the hey, can I work in man thing? Especially if he's using like three sets of dumbbells. I think Whenever you're using three sets of dumbbells, that's really unnecessary. You know, so that's the time when you can work in. Um, I've never really actually had to deal with that a whole lot in the gym. People hogging a bunch of dumbbells. Mm. Just kind of walk up and say, hey, can I borrow these for a second? Hit your set and then go, you know? Yep. Um, As for people hogging squat racks and hogging deadlift platforms... Serious lifters will spend 30, 45 minutes, an hour on a squat rack doing various exercises. So I'm guilty. Me too. There's not a lot you can do there. Don't be the guy standing there just staring some guy down for being in the squat rack. You know, find a gym that has more than one squat rack. You know, that's kind of a mic here for it. Yeah, no, you're completely right about, like, for dumbbells and stuff, just ask if you can work in, hey, how many, don't, actually, don't even ask how many sets you have, because most of the time, it's going to be a ridiculous answer, because the guy's already <laughs> supersetting three different exercises anyways, so yeah. don't even ask him how many sets he has, just ask him, hey, can I work in, or hey, can I use these in the moment? If he says yeah. no, then okay, okay, we'll wait for him, but most of the time, they'll be nice enough to say yes, because they know it's not their gym. Yeah, yeah. If they're if they're using three different sets of different weighted dumbbells for a superset, they're probably doing something stupid like twelve sets worth or whatever. Yeah, you're hundred percent right there. Yep. You know, so just um but definitely wouldn't cause a stink about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> um one thing that I think we should leave this episode with is always re rack your weights. That's like number one. Amen. For gym etiquette, and we waited until the very last minute. But I don't know. I completely forgot about it. Yeah. See, because it's common sense, you know, but it's not common sense. Always re rack your weights, put them in the correct spot. Most power racks have the weights labeled, a lot of the dumbbell racks have the weights labeled. Put them back in the correct spot. If you're too lazy, to put the weights back then you have some other issues going on (laughs) in my opinion agreed so let's leave it there um if you want to get connected with us on twitter you can find kyle at i am kyle c e e two e's yes and i am at sam k underscore strength we'll talk to you next time